Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick, not with Alf Sydney today. He'll be joining me for other episodes as we go forward, as will Alex Toledo. Make sure to check out our website, fivereasonsports.com. I'll be writing a weekly column. We've got uh, nearly a dozen writers writing on the Miami Heat this year, so you're going to want to check that out. All kinds of different perspectives. Before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com. Use the promo code 5101. You can bet on just about anything if you use that promo code. You get a bonus when you start. Best thing about this, of course, is that it's not just the NFL. You don't just have to bet Dolphin games, although they have covered the last two or Hurricane games. They have not. Uh, but you can also bet on Miami Heat or anything else that you want to bet on. I just looked at the numbers. The Heat are still at 43 wins for the season. I can just tell you that I went over on that. So check out BetDSI.com, promo code 5101. And now, on to today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. Alf 954 Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back with you. As I mentioned, no Alf Sydney today, but we have a very, very good replacement. I think you guys will agree with this. I had to ask the question because I, I sort of lost track at this point, Eric. Um, I know you have not, uh, but this is season number what for Eric Reed with the Miami Heat? Well, it's easy to remember, Ethan. First of all, great to be with you. The, the same amount of seasons that have been played in Heat history, I've been fortunate to be a part of. So I'm I'm real proud to be one of seven or eight original members of the, the 1988-89 Miami Heat inaugural season, uh, you know, still around. So we're, we're happy to be entering our 32nd season and optimistic as, as a new era of Heat basketball is, is about to begin. Yeah, and again, as we've told the story many times, that first year you were not doing play-by-play, right? That was, a, that was a switch. Was that year two, correct, that you started? The first three years. I, first three years, I was the color analyst on a simulcast. We, we televised the games on Sports Channel Florida and, and WBFS TV 33 at the time. And also simulcast the games on, on WQAM at that time. So the, for the first four years of franchise simulcast, in the fourth year, I moved to play-by-play and was joined by uh, one-time Heat General Manager Dave Wall as my partner for that one season. And now with John Crotty, again, three championships, five finals appearances, uh, the organization that, as we know, does not tank um, <laughs> and has kind of picked itself back up here uh, again after sort of a brief lull since the LeBron years. So what we're going to talk about with Eric today, we want to keep it on the optimistic side because this has been a very optimistic. I- I've said this, Eric, as far as, as preseasons go, off seasons go, I-, I can't remember a better one in a while. Um, just in terms of, you know, starting with the off season, not thinking that you had any cap space to really work with, not knowing where we're going to go with number 11 and number 13 in the draft. You take Tyler Harrow. The fans really don't love it at the very beginning. They've grown to love it. You look at what's happened in free agency and the trade market. We end up getting a top 20 player without really any resources to do it. 
you kind of clean out the roster of, you know, some lingering issues. Let's just put it that way. And, and now you've also found some, some kids that like in addition to Tyler Harrow and, and Kendrick Nunn. What we're going to do today with Eric is his five things that he's most excited about entering the season. He has not given me the list prior to. I, I don't know what this list is. Uh, so we're just going to start with number one. Eric, what's the first thing that gets you excited about the 2019-20 season? The beginning of the Jimmy Butler era in Miami, you know, taking the torch from another pretty well-known, uh, you know, Marquette alum. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. This is a guy that is a fr- fire-breathing carrier of heat culture. Winning is the only thing that, that, that seems to matter to him at the age of 30. And we've just gotten a glimpse of it in the preseason. He only played in three seasons. Three, three preseason games and, and really only played like we'll see him play in, in the game at Orlando when he had 23, six boards and six assists. He's going to be a tone setter in, in terms of how hard he plays on both ends. Uh, I, you know, I, if you look at his career arc, he's a mid 30 minute per game guy. And uh, you're going to see some great work on both ends of the floor from Jimmy. He's a guy that over the last five years is like 21, five and five. There's, very few players in the league that can uh, put that together on a consistent basis. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, early in camp, he was saying my teammates are helping me more than I'm helping him Uh, with each regular season game. That's going to shift in in the other direction. He's going to help everybody on his team. And, and uh, he's the kind of, of best player I think you want, because uh, it, it harkens me back to the Alonzo morning era in, in Miami where you never want to take it for granted when either your best or one of your best players is also either your hardest worker or one of your hardest workers. And, and that fits the bill with Jimmy. So I'm excited to see how it begins and where it goes over the next four years. Yeah. One of the things that strikes me about Jimmy is, and I, when we had our expulsion on the podcast, he talked a little about this is that Jimmy's not your typical superstar where as much as he may sort of get a lot of limelight from his personality he doesn't steal it from teammates on the court. He's not a particularly high usage superstar, um, you know, compared to some others that we've seen. He tends to sort of let the game come to him, particularly the first two or three quarters. But then we saw last year in the playoffs with Philadelphia, they had Embiid, they had Simmons, they had Tobias Harris. It was Jimmy Butler making all the plays in the last four minutes of the game. And, And I can see a similar scenario this year, Eric, where, he kind of feels his way in and we get to the end of the third quarter. And like you said, he's got 13, three and five maybe or something along those lines. And then there's an 11 point fourth quarter that kind of carries the day for the heat. Is it, is that a little bit what you might anticipate with him? I think so. That's sort of been the way he's been. I I think there's, you know, a nice blend of a willingness to, to share the ball and get teammates involved. You saw that through the preseason. It was more important to him to, to get his teammates comfortable and get them going than it was to get himself going. Also, that same willingness to step up, you know, in the biggest moments of the biggest game. So that's a pretty good combination to have. And the fact that he plays both ends of the court with equal ferocity and physicality, I, you know, I, I think Heat fans are going to really enjoy watching Jimmy do his work. And I wanted to get into that specifically with Heat fans because obviously, you know, you communicate with a lot of Heat fans. They know you. I mean, you've gotten to know them over the years. You've seen the Heat fan change, I think, from maybe the the Timmy Zoe days to the Big Three era, which was a kind of a different breed, a broader Heat fan, maybe a little more spoiled because of all the success that came. And now kind of the the fans who stayed with Dwayne and are are here for 
not not a rebuild, but kind of a reload of the organization. One of the things that has struck me about Jimmy from the very beginning is I always wondered whether this town would be able to fully embrace another Heat star after having the biggest star in the world play for them for four seasons and then having a guy who has the biggest star to ever play in this market in terms of sustained excellence, and I do put him slightly ahead of Marino in Dwayne Wade, whether or not and they would ever embrace anybody else quite that way. And I kind of feel like Jimmy is the only personality that they would, that because he, in some ways, even though he's never lived here, is so Miami. He, you know, he does things his way. He doesn't really care what you think. He's going to be out there in the public. I saw him, I don't know if you saw much of this up in West Palm when you're up there, but, you know, interacting with the students and kind of throwing himself into the crowd and saying he wanted everybody to come up to him and sign autographs. I feel like Jimmy, it's not just that the so-called heat culture that he fits, but I actually feel in some ways he fits this market maybe better than LeBron did, kind of just in terms of personality. Not the player LeBron is, obviously, but but just in terms of personality. What is your view on that? You know, it's hard to compare. I wouldn't want to compare him to LeBron in any way, but I'll tell you this. I, I think there's a sincerity about him wanting to be here that goes beyond who he's playing with. You know, when LeBron came, it was to be part of this super team with, with two other superstars. I think Jimmy's had this, you know, feeling uh, that Miami was a city and, and the Heat were a franchise that he knew he would feel comfortable with. And I think so far he's lived up to what, you know, he's always been. And I think he feels the organization is living up to what he thought it would be. But Jimmy's different. His story is unique from a tiny town in Texas, Tomball, Texas. Uh, I love his story because, you know, part of what makes him great now is that he was never the best player on on any of the teams he played for. Um, you know, a, a late bloomer who whose best years really, I believe, have been in the NBA. And you don't see that often. And I think that's the bedrock and the foundation of, of the, the hard work ethic. That's where it came from. So, uh, and also coming up from where he came up from, uh, he earned every bit of this. And, you know, he's been coached well. Um, and I think he's going to play well for the Heat this year. And I think people will enjoy him. But, you know, as great as the star legacy has been, there's always room for more, Ethan. You know, mm-hmm. an old UB Brown saying about the NBA is the dogs bark and the caravan moves on. And, and it's moving on now. And, and uh, you see that Butler's been embraced. Uh, Tyler Hero has been an instant fan favorite. And we'll, we'll talk more about some of the other guys. I, th- I think one of the greatest stories that we saw jump out in the preseason was, was Kendrick Nunn. But I'll say that he's one, of my, he's one of my guys in my top five here. All right. Well, we'll get to him. I just got to ask you before we move on. How many, how many the Butler did it so we're going to get this season? Is, is I hope that... not too many. I mean, that's too obvious. <laughs> but if he, if he wins it, if he wins it, I, I think, you know, if he wins a game, the Butler did it. Yeah, that fits. All right. Okay. We, we won't push you towards that uh, So well, let's, let's put out the promise now that that will be reserved only for game winning shots. I got you. I got you. This is not going to be reserved for, you know, a, a made layup in the no, lane that, uh, in, in the middle uh, yeah. of the second quarter against Detroit. All right. Well, <laughs> oh God. I, I, I would hope not. I would hope right. not. We'll throw that out. All right. Let's get to number two, Eric. What's uh, what's the second thing you're excited about? Number two, the impact of Bam Adebayo as this hybrid big man. Uh, I, I, you know, when, when Myers Leonard, and I think some of it will be matchup based, but when Myers, Myers Leonard starts along or is in the game with him, I think you're going to see Myers be the center and, and Bam play the four. When Olenek is with him, 
Bam will be listed as the center, but I think he's almost always going to guard the, uh, the, the four man. So the defensive versatility is outstanding for him. Um, offensively, you know, he's going to score a lot on putbacks and things like that, but I, I want to see where his offensive game goes. Defensively, I think this guy is, is going to make such an impact, whether it's guarding a Joel Embiid one night or the best fours or stretch, stretch fours, perimeter threes. He can defend all of those. Another thing we've seen him do in the preseason is, is you know, his playmaking. Now, I'm not suggesting he's going to bring the ball up the, the floor like a point guard, but when the ball's in his hands at the high post, uh, you're, you're going to see cutters and you're going to see bounce passes for layups, and that's a new dimension of the Heat offense. So where it goes as a full-time starter this year for Bam, I think is exciting for, for him and hopefully for the franchise. Yeah, no doubt. And I do think we'll see him bring it up at times. I mean, you know, he, he, you'll see him get the ball off the rim and just go. And, and, I, and he told me – you know, we want to have five runners, and I think he's fully capable of that. You know, it's one thing for a guy to be capable of running, but it's another thing for a guy to actually want to do it. The thing about him is the relentless energy with him, which, again, I don't want to draw contrasts to others, but I think what, what Heat fans are going to see this year is – and I, one of the preseason games was like this. I'm trying to remember. It was one of the home games where it's like I looked up at the box score and I didn't realize he'd done all he did because it's just – you know he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but he still ended up filling up the box score because he's just constant motion. And like you said, some of it's going to be put back. Some of it's going to be rim runs. Um, some of it, I think, is going to be that 10 to 12 foot face up jumper that he's going to get better at. It's encouraging to me that he's been working with Chris Bosch, because I think when you look at the modern big, that's what the Heat envisioned Bosch being deep into his 30s. And obviously that didn't end up working out for, for you know reasons out of their control and his control. But I just to me. The key thing with me, Eric, on Bam is, you know, compare him to Bosch. You know, obviously they've had great bigs in Zoe and 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 uh, and Shaq and others, but he is a unique big for this age. Like they picked a guy who, if I was to say, okay, this is what a guy should be in the year 2019, where you don't need to run plays for him. He's going to give you constant energy. He's going to be able to switch on everything. They basically drafted that, and like I'm, to me, it's a top five thing for me too because I want to see this in thirty to thirty-two minutes a game. Well, and, and we're going to. Uh, he's going to be, you know, he played all eighty-two last year. I think I think that's really important. If if ever you wanted to see a guy play all eighty-two again, it's him. The Heat are a little bit thin in the front court. Um, he's clearly their best front court player. And I think his presence on the floor is going to be very important to this team. And, you know, the, the finer skills on the offensive end, I think, will come in time. But the skill of being a mobile today big man who can run, pass, uh, the activity on the defensive end, he blocked shots at a better pace in the preseason, and he also made his free throws. Um, he was one of the reasons why the Heat were so much improved from the free throw line in the preseason. So I think, Bam, I, I don't know how the statistical jump will manifest itself, but I'm looking for, you know, more consistency in the impact that he makes. And, and hopefully that'll be a, a thriving, energizing force. And one of the things that excites me most about this year's Heat team is, you know, the ability to defend. And if you have Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler and Justice Winslow on the floor at the same time. You have, I think, three very physical, very above average defensive players and, and you know, the real makings of a, a defensive squad that could be a top five team and, and hopefully will be. 
Yeah, and I think that he'll be in consideration for most improved player. I think as will Justice. So, I mean, I think if you just extrapolate Bam's numbers over the, the last kind of two months of last season and say, what's he going to do, you know, with 32 to 35 minutes, we see a lot of times that award is just about getting more time on the court. It's, it's some of its improvement, but some of it's just people around the league noticing. And I don't think a lot of people around the league, other than who are in the game already, you know, have really noticed. All right, Eric, let's get to number three for you here. We, we've got Butler. We've got Abayo. Who's number three? You just mentioned his name, Justice Winslow, fifth year, um, probably in the best shape of his career. I think, um, you know, this is the most mature version of Justice Winslow we've seen. He's been through the adversity of ups and downs with injuries. Um, He's been through the adversity of maybe not measuring up to his own expectations coming out as a highly regarded player at a Duke. But let's remember he came out after his freshman year. It takes time and patience for both the player and the organization that that player is with. So my line about justice is built like a linebacker playing like a quarterback. And I think the first step toward being a a quarterback is wanting to be one. Of course, there's another step there. You have to have the ability to do it. But he certainly has the desire to do it. He wants to be an organizer, a leader, a quarterback offensively. I think it's his best role. Um, The game at Orlando when he had 13 assists, it wasn't just picking up assists. It was the array of pinpoint passing he was delivering and and his ability to to penetrate. I, I think too often people are measuring Justice Winslow by the accuracy of his jump shot. Um, it's clearly not the strongest part of his game. It's, it's still, he's gotten a lot better at it, but it's still not something uh, that is his strength. His strong suit are the other things, uh, organizing his teammates, uh, being that quarterback, and I think defending his position. Also, I think with a better two guard next to him, team, you know, teams last year got away with sometimes playing their point guard on R2. Uh, now you're going to have to match up with Winslow with your point guard. And that gives Miami what I look at as a physical advantage, uh, you know, against almost any other point guard in the league. So it, it's all there for justice. I think Dragic is going to play a great role as a sixth man coming off the bench where they can monitor his minutes a little more. This initially is going to be Winslow's team to lead. Now he's not going to do it by himself, nor does he have to. Uh, you know, there are multiple ball handlers on the team that could trigger offense. But clearly, you know, it's, the ball will be in Justice's hands to start games. Um, I do believe it's his best role. And this is going to be – we got a snapshot of it last year. I, I think he started 37 games at point guard. But he were 19 and 18 in those games. You know, needs to be better this year and has a chance to be a lot better, I think. Well, well, did you mention it? Him playing point guard gives them so much versatility because you could put, like you said, it could be almost any two guard with him. I mean, Jimmy Butler could be the two guard with him, um, you know, in, in which case you're really long and, and defensively, I don't know how, you know, teams are going to manipulate that because it's going to be very difficult. When you have Dragic with him, you know, you have a guy who's, which I think they are going to do that at times. I thought that looked better, Eric, this preseason than I expected. I, I did not, I had some concerns about Justice and Goran playing together but it looked like they kind of found a flow on who would handle and who would play off the ball. And I know Goran can play off the ball. He's done it. And, you know, he had to do it a lot with Dwayne. So I just think you look at that. And Dion, and Dion when they were so good together. We'll see what happens ultimately, obviously, with Dion. But I just think there are a lot of ways that they can go with Justice at the point. To me, the biggest thing with Justice, Eric, is confidence. 
he strikes me as the kind of guy, just getting to know him a little bit, that when he's playing well, he feels he will play better. When he's given the keys, he feels like he deserves them and will go for it. And when he's kind of pushed to the side a little bit, sometimes he struggles um, and he gets in his own head. And I did feel this preseason like he feels he's arrived. Um, just even sometimes you can just tell from guys' social media posts. But, but I, I feel like, you know, again, the comment, you know, about wanting to be the point guard, the picture he took with Jimmy, some of the other stuff that he put out there this offseason, you know, it feels like he knows, okay, this is time for me. And he's going to get the opportunity to do it. And he's finally in the right role. And, you know, I asked him a little bit about using his right a little bit more. I think that's something that obviously he can go to. And, and also, you know, as a three-point shooter, he told me, he says, call me a sniper. Um, I'm a sniper now that he wants to double his three-point attempts or at least get him close to there. He says he's got to get everybody else involved. But he was close to four last year after being roughly two the year before in terms of attempts. I think he thinks he can get it over five. Uh, if he gets to five or six attempts and becomes a real threat there, they're going to become difficult to deal with, uh, you know, defensively uh, in, in terms of that. Um, just one other thing about, about Justice and, and Bam collectively as a group, and I know you're going to touch on some other young guys. I was having this discussion with Al. Is this, is this the best core of young players that he'd have taken into a season? It might be. It might be. I think it's going to go down as one of, the, one of their best rookie classes ever. I really do. That'll be my, my items for and Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Five. But just to, to finish off on Winslow, Ethan, because she said a lot of interesting things in, in response to me putting him out there. You know, the, the danger for both justice and fans is to measure his worth by the amount of jump shots that he makes. It, it's a jump shooting league. It's a three point league. But that doesn't mean that every player in the league, that's their strong suit. In, in another era, you wouldn't even encourage him to shoot threes. You really wouldn't. In today's game, he's got to take some to keep, to keep the defense honest. And when you're wide open, you know, they're good shots to take. Um, I still think his best route for success is, is scoring being his secondary mindset, not his primary. I, I think there's too many other valuable things he does well to constantly harp on the scoring. I think there'll be nights where he's going to score. You know, I was looking back, he had a big game against Memphis last year, the team Miami opens with. He's capable, but I don't think his game should be judged or predicated on the amount of jump shots he makes. I, I think that's a work still in progress, and God bless the kid. He works very hard on it. It is getting better. Um, that will be tested. I mean, he took 12 threes in the preseason, and he didn't make any. Um, 
I, I, I know he's going to shoot better than that in the regular season, but I think you understand my point. When he yep. is concentrating on getting into the paint and breaking down defenses, I think his points will come in a more natural and organic way. Yeah, when I asked him, I said, uh, when he was shooting the ball well in practices this preseason, and I said, you didn't, like, you didn't used to like to talk about your shooting. And he said, no, I didn't. Because I remember we would request him to talk about his shooting, and he would decline the request. And now he says, now I like talking about my shooting. So I, I think you just hope for him that, like you said, it doesn't become the primary focus, but that he gets off to a good enough start with it that he doesn't kind of sort of second guess himself and overthink it. Because I do think that's the one part he, he knows he can defend Eric. Like, I don't think there's any question. He knows he can defend. Um, He knows he can get to the rim. I think finishing has been the one thing he's really had to work on. It got better towards the end of last season. But the one thing I think that he does sometimes question himself is the shooting. So I think if he gets off to a good start with it, then it goes away. And I think the rest of his game, you know, can flourish. He has some issues with it early. Uh, it might be something to monitor. Right, we're going to get to the last two points here from Eric Reed. Things we're looking forward to going into the season right after this break. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But one thing that you know, if you followed me, is that I'm old. I've been doing this since 1996. That was my first year covering the Miami Heat. When you get old, you get out of shape. And that's what was happening to me. It wasn't enough for me just to go to the gym because all I'll do there is exercise my Twitter fingers. I needed someone to push me a little bit. I reached out to Jose from Evolution of Fitness, and you should too. It's not just a workout for you there. It's like a total nutrition program and everything else. And as someone who used to drink six Coca-Colas a day, I definitely need that. So reach out to Jose. I'm not posting workout selfies. I will just tell you I look and feel better than I did a few months ago. Give him a call at 754-423-1153. That's 754-423-1153. Reach out to Jose, Evolution of Fitness. Make sure you mention Ethan or five reasons so he knows where you came from and maybe he'll take it easy on you, but probably not. All right, back here with Eric Reed entering his 32nd season with the Miami Heat. Last 29 as the play-by-play man. Been here for, as I said, all the championships, all the glory. That 07-08 season, we've talked about a little bit. So there's been ups and downs, but mostly ups, particularly since Pat Riley's come in. We've already gotten to Jimmy Butler. We've gotten to Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow. What's the fourth thing you're looking forward to this season? Well, people are probably wondering what what took us so long to get to Miami's brand-new 19-year-old hero. Uh, What a perfect name for for this young man out of Kentucky. Um, You know, Usually you'd, you'd, you'd think of a 19 year old kid after one year of college, um, you know, probably has a lot of growing up to do. And I'm sure his game does, but it is a mature game. I think when I first saw him in summer league uh, in Las Vegas, I didn't watch him play a lot of Kentucky last year. Uh, Seeing him in Vegas, you know, for four games, the first thing that jumped out at me is one of the best things you could ever say about any player, let alone a young player. What a great feel for the game. He knows how to play. All the basketball instincts and basketball IQ are there already at at 19 years of age. Plus, he's a gym rat. He loves to play and compete. And then you look at his his size at 6'7", a physique that he's only going to get stronger as as he gets older, but a skill level that's very high. He is the the modern day player. He is a today player. Um, You know, unlimited shooting range. I asked him in the preseason, you know, what he considered a good shot. And he basically replied, anytime I'm open. And I can understand why he feels that way. He's got great range. Um, 
He, he showed it in the preseason, his ability to make threes and make them look easy. But what makes him special is that that's not all he does. He can really handle the ball without blazing quickness. I saw him get by a lot of guys in the preseason for layups. It's one thing to see a guy do that in summer league. It's more encouraging when you see him do it in the preseason. And we'll know for sure when we see it starting Wednesday night. But he's got the whole package of skills, um, a defensive game, that I'm sure will improve as he, as he grows and gets older and, and is certainly going to have to, but he's got, you know, unlimited potential. I think there'll be some highs and some lows on nights that shots don't go in, but he does enough other things that I don't think he'll ever really hurt you offensively. I think that he did a home run at number 13. They were, they were very fortunate. I, I think that he was there at 13 and I know they feel fortunate about it because they really like him. Then he's there, you pick him, and he's off to a, you know, a really nice start. So this is a guy that, that Heat Nation is going to watch from his NBA birth, hopefully through his career. And what a wonderful thing to get a 19-year-old with that kind of talent to begin and hopefully play his whole career in Miami. Yeah, that's the thing that struck me, Eric, was the other parts of his game. We figured he could shoot, right? Like, I mean, Pat said when he got him, you know, this is the first guy to make all the shots in the workout. Like, I, you know, and, and Calipari said that too. But watching him in summer league when I was out in Vegas, the confidence he had dribbling in transition, creating plays in tight spaces in the half court. Like, those are things that I didn't know that he had. And I hadn't, to be honest, I hadn't watched him enough at Kentucky because he really didn't start to flash until about halfway through his freshman season. So early in the season, they weren't relying on him very much. But you mentioned the confidence. I asked him in terms of close, who has the most drip among the rookies, the word he uses, me, who's a close <laughs> second, there is none. Um, it's just part of his personality. And, and that's the thing about this group that I think Heat fans are going to gravitate towards. I think Heat fans like it the best when they have a team that has a little edge to it, um, going back to the Zoe years, the Tim years, and all the rest of this, and even the big three years where that team was you know, cast as villains, even though, to be honest, Eric, that was the nicest group of guys I've ever covered. Um, if you look at some of the intelligence that was in that room, and this team has that edge to it, whether it's Jimmy or whether it's Tyler Harrow, um, and some of the other guys that they've got. I mean, Bam Adebayo wasn't happy about not, not you know, sticking around on the U.S. team, told me he didn't watch any of the other games. Justice Winslow feels like he's been overlooked a little bit, um, you know, not making the Rising Stars Challenge for his first two seasons. I just feel like this team has kind of that combination of, of talent, but also feeling like it's a little bit underrated and yet quietly, not even quietly, but sort of openly confident at this point uh, that I think makes them unique. I think I've got, they've just gotten this very positive feeling from the fan base this offseason, and I think it's because they, they feel this team reflects them in a lot of ways, and I think Tyler's one of them. I think you're right. I think you made a lot of good points. Plus, it's you know modern-day NBA firepower. This guy can really improve your team offensively, and I think he will. Uh, you know, Even as a 19-year-old rookie, you know, he's, he's clearly in Eric Spolster's rotation, I, I, I agree with Coach Spo um, in probably not starting him. Uh, you know, that might be too much, too fast for a player, you know, as young as he is. Um, so I, I think ideally, you know, he starts the season coming off the bench. I don't know how long that will last. That's one of the great questions of the season. But I think one of the real fun things will be, you know, watching his rookie season as it unfolds and progresses and, and understanding this is just a launch point. For, for Tyler Hero, but uh, I think enjoying enjoying his moments this year and being patient and also just enjoying watching a, a young, bright colt 
go to work and, 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 and see just how far he can go. All right, let's go to the fifth one. We've, we've mentioned, I guess, uh, three of the kids, as we call them, and then one veteran. Who's the fifth guy that you got? Well, like if you have a glass of milk sitting next to you, don't, don't you need some cookies to go along with it? Uh, for me, in summer league, Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn, they were, they were like milk and cookies in that, in that heat summer league backcourt. And lo and behold, they might have very well been the Heat's two most entertaining and productive players in the preseason. I think Kendrick Nunn is the rookie um, that nobody really wants to talk about just yet. What we, you know, there's amazing things to talk about with him. He it's, First of all, it's one of my favorite transactions in the history of the franchise. The fact that this kid was in the G League scoring 19 a game last year for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Golden State cut him after training camp, and they were hiding him in the G League. And nobody drafted him. Nobody picked him up all through the G League season. Well, right after the Heat let Rodney Magruder go, after game 80 last year, there was a, a vacant roster spot. And as the Heat were going into the 82nd game of the season, the final game, because the, because the scouting department is so thorough, and Adam Simon and Chet Kammerer, they had been talking to Andy Ellisberg and the basketball people all season long about this kid, Kendrick Nunn, who's having a great season for Santa Cruz. So it wasn't the first time they brought it up, but when they brought it up again then, the Heat jumped at it. Um, they were on point enough on the, uh, before the last game of the season, they stole him away from the Warriors. Uh, uh, Golden State was not happy about losing him. And what does the kid do? He, he quietly in summer league was even more consistent and a little bit better than Tyler Hero. He doesn't have the highs nor the lows, by the way. Um, the game is not as flashy, but it's so solid. You know, what you, what you saw in the summer was a guy that could, play point or play the two he could guard either position um, no matter what was happening in games I saw two things for him in summer league and preseason a demeanor that never changes whether he's scoring two points or scoring 40 like he did the other night against Houston I don't see him smile I don't see any pouts uh, he's steady on the floor and you know he was all summer league uh, you know first team all summer league in Vegas. Then he comes out and in the preseason, his assist turnover was outstanding. I think he had 18 assists to, to maybe four or five turnovers. He had the best assist turnover on the team by far. And I don't want to overstate it, but I think it would be a, a huge mistake to understate what we saw him do. I mean, there was so much that went on in Friday night's preseason game, a 144, 133 shootout with the Rockets. Uh, we were all enamored watching Westbrook and Harden play together, and, and Harden showed he's still the best offensive player in the world with 44. But Kendrick Nunn scored 40 points. It was the most points any Heat player has ever had in a preseason game. I think he was 16 for 27. He made six threes. He probably had four or five layups. He did a decent job defending his position. Uh, you know, 40, I don't care if it's a pickup game. It's not easy to score 40 points in a game. You don't see it happen often. So I think this kid's game is ready 
for the NBA right now. I think somehow he is going to force Eric Spolstra to find him minutes. And I think as the season begins, this is a guy uh, that could be a problem solver. He could, he could help you. And uh, I, you know, it'll be his job to stay ready and the coaches uh, pleasant dilemma of finding ways to get Kendrick not involved. I think, I think it has a chance, Ethan, I don't want to jump off the optimistic bridge here, but I think it has a chance to be Miami's backcourt of the future. I really believe that uh, backcourt that could grow up and, and, and get better and thrive in Miami, how it manifests this year. That's why they're on my list. I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining and one of the most interesting elements of the season. Everybody's expecting it from hero. Very few people, others than the, other than those that watched that Houston game Friday night, are expecting anything remotely like that from Kendrick Nunn. He could be the biggest surprise on the roster this year. Well, you said it, Eric. I haven't seen him have a bad game yet. Like, uh, you know, going back to Summer League, there, like, there hasn't been the high-high until that game against Houston, but there wasn't a bad game. Like, uh, you know, with, with Tyler, yeah, there was a little up and down you expected from a 19-year-old, but Kendrick's ability to slide and play both positions, and the other thing about it is, his defense at the, at the point of attack, which uh, this organization wants, okay, reminds me a little of a guy like Norris Cole, like where you just have, you know, that will get you on the court. And that, like I said, Eric will find a place for him because of that. And the demeanor also where he kind of acts like he belongs here without being openly cocky. Like there's a little bit of that. Maybe it's the Chicago thing, but he told us he wants to be called canine. That's as cocky as I've heard him, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> uh, but I, I do think he's going to be here a very long time. And, I think it makes for some interesting decisions. You know, I thought that the backcourt was thinned out after all the players you mentioned, you know, Magruder, Tyler Johnson, obviously Dwayne Wade. Uh, but the backcourt's crowded again because, I mean, there's a lot of potential options for Eric. And I think it also sets itself up down the road for, for transactions because, as you mentioned, the front court's a little thinner, but they have some maneuverability. And when you can find, and this is the thing this organization's been so good at, when you can find guys like that that don't cost you anything, I mean, it's a free asset <laughs> and in a league where assets are so valued and, you know, we complain about sort of putting yourself in a bad position, uh, you, you can make up for mistakes by finding a, a kid like that, that you've got, you know, signed to you for three years and, and you can watch develop. So it's a pretty cool thing. All right. One more, uh, got one more thing with Eric, but first, before we get to that, make sure you check out Seltzer Mayberg. That's a law firm. Uh, that sponsors this podcast and the network. We share an office with them in North Miami. It's onecalllegal.com. They handle cases from all over the state, but of course, they specialize in traffic tickets. I got one of mine thrown out recently. They'll take care of you for $49.95, maybe a little bit more, but it's going to be in that range. It's going to be well worth it. So check out Seltzer Mayberg. That's onecalllegal.com. All right, Eric, before we let you go, uh, you've covered all kinds of different seasons here. There's been different anticipation with the big three. They were supposed to win championships. You've covered other teams where there were no expectations coming into the season. I feel like this one is somewhere in between. Um, overall, how does this one feel to you as you start up season number 32? Well, hopeful. I think, um, you know, there's an upbeat feeling about it. You know, remember, with, with the proud past, with, with all the playoff appearances, I mean, there's been, you know, 20 playoff appearances in the, in the franchise's first 31 years. They've gone 18 of the last 24 seasons. So we've been spoiled with, with, all, with all of that postseason action. Yet, two of the last three years and three of the last five since uh, the big three era ended, uh, we've been just short of the playoffs. So, you know, I think the organizational goal is always make, get, get yourself into the playoffs. Um, 
And, you know, that's funny. Of all the interviews I was a part of or heard in the preseason, uh, John Crotty did an interview with Justice Winslow when we were up in West Palm Beach at training camp, and he asked Justice what his individual goal was. I loved it. I loved the, the question, but I loved the response more. What's your individual goal? He said, home court in the first round of the playoffs. So that tells you a lot about justice, right? That his head's in the right place. I thought that was a, an outstanding individual goal. And I like the fact that that's what guys in that locker room are thinking. Um, it's certainly available. I think one of the real lures of this season throughout the league, certainly in the East, it's really wide open. There's no immovable object like a LeBron with Cleveland or a big three in Miami or a Michael Jordan in Chicago. There, there's none of that. You know, you've got Philadelphia and Milwaukee and Toronto and Boston. You know, I think everybody would say those were the top four teams in the East last year. Well, they're all very different this year. Now it's, it season's just starting. So we, we can't say de- definitively whether they're better or worse, but you can say all of those top contending teams are different, missing key components to last year's success. So uh, there's certainly opportunity. Um, you know, I, uh, for, for me, I just want to see this team make the playoffs. I think that is well within, uh, you know, well within what, what they should be looking about, looking at and thinking about and focusing on. And it, and it starts with, with game one. I, one of the things I'm comfortable with about this season, and it's going to sound strange, 18 of the first 26 games are on the road. And I love that, even though it sounds daunting. Too often recently, the Heat have started heavy with a home schedule. Mm-hmm. And if you can remember the last two or three years, gotten off the bad starts at home. And when you lose home games early, I, I sort of feel like you never really recover from that. You can't get that back. Even with 20 road wins last year, the Heat only finished with 39 wins. They only won 19 at home. So, you know, winning at home is important. I'm glad the Heat are starting road heavy. Uh, get the growing pains out of the way on the road. And, and when you are at home, you've got to take advantage of that and, 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 and use and maintain a home court advantage. So I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I think the whole marketplace is, is ready for something new and excitement and some victories. And, and hopefully that's what we're going to get right off the bat. Yeah, I think the three seed is there for them potentially. And we talk about home court, but you mentioned all four of those teams are, are different. Two of them are clearly worse. I, I think Boston's clearly worse uh, with their big situation. And I think Tor- I mean, Toronto just lost arguably the best player in the world. So uh, it's hard to recover from that. And they don't have a replacement for him. I mean, they've got some interesting talent, obviously, with Siakam and Ananobi and others on the roster. But it's not the same team. Oladipo's not back for a while. You don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. To me, home court in, this, in, the, in the first round should be the goal this year, and, and I do think that this is the type of squad that can get there. Follow him at E. Reed, Miami Heat. Obviously, check him out every night. He's there at every game, almost never misses. We've told stories about that before. So uh, check out Eric Reed on the broadcast. Eric, we really appreciate you kicking off the season with us. Ethan, my pleasure. Have a great season as well. And uh, you guys are doing a great job with, with all the things that you're uh, supplying the Heat Nation. Great stuff. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.